0: Hello and welcome to episode 230 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always is the luxuriously smooth League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going really well.
1: Andrew, how are you? Yeah, look, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Can't complain. Although you know, I probably will soon. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do a podcast about complaining. Um, we will. But before we do that, We need to tell everybody about something that's really important to um, everybody that's listening. And that's having smooth balls. So if you go to manscaped.com and you purchase the lawnmower 3.0 or anything on their website and you put in our exclusive code, which is NRL at the checkout, you get 20% off and free shipping on everything on the website. How good a deal is that?
0: fantastic seriously how can you not be
1: impressed with that deal it's a fantastic deal it's one we negotiated with manscaped and it's one that is just everyone's been rewarded that has taken up the option to to use the nrl code at checkout at manscaped.com because they've all said not only are their balls smooth but they're getting like way more action because of it
0: what more could you want, people? I mean, yeah,
1: man, it's just an unbelievable service that we're providing people here. It is. And it, this is a service for the people that listen to our podcast. And so go there, manscaped.com, 20% off, free shipping. There's a 30-day money back guarantee on top of that. It's just fantastic. So I recommend everyone does that.
0: Absolutely. Likewise. Now, let's get to the uh, the news of the day. Yes. And I'll let you <laughs> take control here on? because I've I've been out doing unrugby league like things and that's been working a commoner's job, so uh I'll i need the professional to take over with this one.
1: Okay. Oh, you mean me? Oh Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well the uh today on Wide World of Sports, which I know it sounds like something you'd hear from the seventies, okay. but channel thinks okay. like, it's, its current.
0: I'm worried already. But yes, yeah. go on.
1: Uh, Paul Gallen has oh. written something which is pretty impressive. I'll be honest with you.
0: Hang on. Um, what did he do?
1: He 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 wrote something. I feel like it was probably in crayon, but he basically said that he Baby doesn't tips. believe the Panthers will win the premiership. He he just doesn't rate them, and he he doesn't think that they've been tested since round thirteen. He's not, a, he's not really big on their 13-game winning streak, and he feels like any time they've taken on any of the top sides, those top sides have had players out, so it doesn't really count. And he wants to see... He, he believes that to win a premiership, you kind of have to have been there before, which <laughs> is understandable because he was at a Crown Isles side that had a long history of winning premierships when they won the premiership.
0: Well, even just appearing in Grand Finals.
1: Yeah, but yeah. He
0: played in how many grand finals with the Sharks? One. Oh, one, that's right. And they won that one. So, yeah. Um, good work, Paul. You just... Just fucking shut up, seriously. I,
1: I understand where he's coming from, though, because in only losing one game all year and being on track to be one of only 13 teams in the whole history of the competition to win 90% of their games... Um, I just don't think it's impressive enough. I just don't see what the hype is about, you know? I need to see more out of the Panthers. I need to see them beat... I need to see them beat the Roosters with no injuries at all. I need to see them beat the Storm with no injuries at all. Um, I need to see but, them beat the Parramatta Eels. There's a lot of people out there knocking the Panthers at the moment. For some reason, probably just jealousy. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, You will never please them. No. And... The problem is, every single team has lost games during this period that Penrith had this winning streak. Mm-hmm. Every team's lost games in that period, except Penrith. Mm-hmm. How come none of those teams are getting the same excuses? I, I really don't know. Like and do this is the that... thing that's stupid. I mean, you can only come up again. Penrith don't fucking select their opposition. They don't select no. when they play them. They don't. Ex- they don't select who plays for them. They don't go out and injure and suspend players the week before that they play them. You can only come up against what's what's in front of you. And they've been convincingly beating every
1: team that's been put before them. For... Even the Storm. When they come up against the Storm, it was like, oh, okay, let's see how the Panthers go. And this is earlier in the year. And they they put it on the Storm, and it was like, wow, that was impressive. Yeah, I... I I... Pennant fans should probably just sit back
0: and go, "You know what? I'm happy if people want to write us off. It takes a lot of pressure off the team. Mm-hmm. But how can you knock that that record? One loss all year.
1: Mm. Yeah, you you just can't. And you know, we was, saw what was think... their
0: last game where where it was decided by less than six points.
1: That's a good question.
0: Their draw. The draw with Newcastle in Round 3 is the only time they've had a game this year that was decided by less than six points.
1: Wow. And that, like on top of that, they had that ridiculous run where they didn't let the opposition score in the first 20 minutes of like, what was it, eight straight games or nine straight games? Yeah. I mean, um, this, I mean no opposition
0: team has scored three tries against them since Round 9 when Cronulla put 24 on them. And that yeah. was their second worst defensive effort. And and, Cronulla, thought... and Penrith scored 56 that day anyway. But, yeah, since then, Cowboys scored 10, Titans 14, Manly 12, Canberra 12, Warriors 12, Cronulla 12, Tigers 6, Brisbane 12, Parramatta
1: 2. Yeah. And, like, the game against Parramatta, they strangled Parramatta for, two, like, you know, two halves of football. It was crazy. They destroyed and their souls. They really did. And on top of that, it's, like, the longest winning streak in the club's history – It's the longest winning streak at home in the club's history. They're on track to do something historic, even if they don't win a game in the finals. It's like, what are they supposed to do? They're coming up
0: against, the next two games are against teams that have been trying. Mm -hmm. There's no lack of effort there, but they do lack quite a bit of class. Yeah. And I suspect Penrith will respect them and probably not, Run away with the games, but would win easily against the Cowboys and then the Bulldogs. It'd be second half runaways sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just ah, uh, man, the, the Cowboys middle last week, they got destroyed by Melbourne.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Penrith's going to do the same thing. Um, the Bulldogs, the defense is probably a little bit more stubborn, but their yeah. attack is so average.
1: It really is. And can you imagine their attack against, you know, this Panthers defense, which is pretty ridiculous at the moment?
0: Yeah. So, I, they're going to finish the season with, you know, 18 wins, one draw, one loss, which is bloody impressive. Yeah. That's how and, I said anyway.
1: And, you know, the other thing is, too, like, this weekend, they they smashed the Eels, And, like, when I say smash the Eels, it's not like they scored 40 points against them. But by the end of the game, the Eels just had nothing at all. And that's a top four side, right? And then we saw the Roosters play against the Knights. And the Roosters really should have put 50 on the Knights, and they didn't. They allowed the Knights to score a lot of points. They weren't far off. I I know. Okay, this is the thing, okay. And I think it's something that
0: I don't think people are noticing too much at the moment. I think the Roosters are coasting, and I think against the Knights, they decided to go from second to third gear. Mm-hmm. I still think they've got more more in their tank. They let in a lot of points, though. They do, they do. And that's mostly because once they get out to that big lead, they do have a, a habit of switching off for 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when a team puts one or two tries on pretty quickly, they go, oh, shit, you know, fucking wake up again. And then they put another few tries on, and they just... And that's just a, a lack of concentration and probably a little bit too much cockiness. But yeah. uh, I still think their their attack is pretty bloody... I, I rate their attack probably better than any other teams in the comp purely because there's so many different ways they can go with their attack. There's so many different ways they can score points. There's so many different players they can score points off. That makes them such a handful. And I would not be surprised at all if the grand final
1: this year is Penrith versus the Roosters see i I feel as though the the other team to beat i think the team for the panthers to beats the storm, and i like for me personally I think the storms attack i was watching the storm against the cowboys and the cowboys is it's not a great team for the you know to line up against because their their defense can be terrible at times but and the cowboys scored a lot of points against the storm too, which i didn't think was great for the storm but The Storm's attack is just so structured and so beautiful to watch. It is. The problem they had, though, in that game against
0: the Cowboys is um, when things don't quite stick, they blow a lot of chances. Mm -hmm. And they would have blown probably four or five chances just down that left edge. I mean, they could have put 50 on against the Cowboys there. They were looking so ominous to put up a big score and didn't even get to 40.
1: Yeah, and that like to me that was... To me that's the worry. Yeah, that is a worry, and I I feel as though Craig Bellamy, I didn't see him in the press conference, but I feel as though that game would have really pissed him off because they really should have been able to just destroy the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and they didn't. And the, the weird thing is that you still see people in the media saying, well, the Roosters, amazing, the Storm, amazing, but, you know, the Panthers, I'm not convinced, and it's like, what do you need to see, man? Yeah, so... That- I'm going to preempt the criticism
0: of Penrith for the next two games. So they're going to come against the Cowboys and go, yeah, but you know what? Even though they beat the Cowboys seventy points to nil, Cowboys were without Michael Morgan and <laughs> uh, without Jay- uh, Jason Tormalolo, mm-hmm. You know what can you expect? And then they when they beat the Bulldogs ninety nil, but I but they didn't have Kieran Foran. Yeah, you know, they've had their coaching problems this year, as have the Cowboys. You know, it's not. You know, they weren't playing these teams in the best of spirit. Their seasons were over, so they weren't going to try. There you go.
1: Yeah, I've read those headlines already. Like as I said to Nadine, I think I said it while I was at the game. Actually, Um, I am more than happy to hear all the criticism about the Panthers and why they're not the real deal, while I'm watching them going down Mogoll Road in a Premiership parade. Exactly. You know, so, and we've talked about it before. It does. Like, Panthers fans are so happy with what they're saying right now. It, none of this criticism is really affecting us at all. We're just like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. It's uh, And it's good
0: because even though they're sitting on top of the ladder, clearly, and on this great winning streak, mm. people, people still aren't seeing them as a premiership heavyweight at the moment. And that's good news for Panthers because it means they can just coast on through.
1: Yeah. Exactly. All the pressure
0: is going to be on the Storm and the Roosters because they're the two teams that people have got the, um, you know, they've got all the tickets, I guess, on making it to the grand final. Mm-hmm. I think even the Eels to a certain extent as well uh, because... I think that's not just the game against Penrith, although I think that pretty much solidified it, but I think they've been fading for a few weeks now. I'm sure yeah, Gallon they... would agree with me on that one.
1: Wow. Well, you know, who knows? Have the When was the last... Well, Parramatta, I mean haven't been in a grand final for a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, just weird. It's weird. I I don't know how you could be like how you could earn money to analyse the game and look at this season and not say there's at least three teams who are above everyone else. And I, I really I think on their day any of them could win the grand final. But I think of the three teams, the one that is set up the best right now, you've got to say it's Penrith. They've got few injuries to deal with. I feel like they've got better depth than all the other ones. They haven't got the experience. That's definitely against them. But, you know, they're on a winning streak that's been going for a few months now. It's like, what more mm. can they do? Yeah. Look, and Parramatta. and. Their
0: form in the last several weeks has been really average. Mm -hmm. Uh, When they beat the Cowboys, 40-odd something to four or whatever, in round eight, that was when people went, you know, that came after they beat the Raiders by one point. Um, You know, they beat Penn two weeks before that. They had lost to the Roosters before that, and that was their first loss of the year. But that was kind of the point where everyone's going, yeah, Parramatta's going to be the big shot. Then they had that tough win against Newcastle. They were sitting on top of the ladder at that stage. They'd won eight of nine games. Then they got beat by a struggling Manly. Mm-hmm. Then they beat the Tigers, not convincingly. They barely beat the Bulldogs by two. They barely beat Cronulla by two. Then they lost to the Dragons by two.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're like, what's going on? Like, they're winning games, but they're, they're nearly losses. There. The wins are so average. And again, it's pretty poor opposition. Then they beat Melbourne 14-0 and go, okay, maybe they found their mojo. And then mm-hmm. they got dicked by South. And then they struggled to beat the Warriors. And then they just got hammered by Penrith. And they're just so inconsistent. And they've got two really tricky games throughout the year. Games they should win by 40-odd each. Mm-hmm. They've got Brisbane this week. And Brisbane over the last two or three weeks have been improving. Yeah. And then they've got the Tigers in the last round who were just... They're just an awkward fucking team. Yeah. Not not just as a fan of them to watch because you look at them every game, you go, okay, we're going to lose this game, but we could win it by 40 as well or we might just come back from 30 (laughs) points down and win it in the last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, They're a horrible team to play because you just... You don't know what the hell you're going to get out of them. You don't Mm -hmm. know what's going to turn up. And that's the problem with those last two games. Um, So... Brisbane are trying to avoid the wooden spoon. Tigers are trying to maintain ninth place, so they've got stuff to play for. It's a uh, it's a tricky one. I, I don't know how how Parramatta's going to go in the last round, last two rounds anyway. So yeah, you know, plus they've got the Roosters and and the Raiders beneath them that are, I think they're both beneath them trying trying to take over their spot in the top four.
1: Uh, the... Oh no, the Roosters are already up there. Yeah, the Roosters passed them. So it looks like the first week the Panthers would play the Eels um, and then the Storm will play the Roosters. Um,
0: Canberra's got Warriors and Cronulla in their last two games. So, so if, if Parramatta don't, don't uh, watch themselves there and they drop one of those games against Brisbane or the Tigers, I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. But if they do, Canberra's going to overtake them and Parramatta will be, the, will be sitting fifth.
1: Yeah, and, like, I mean, as a Panthers fan, I don't mind taking on the Raiders or the Eels. I, like, it's it's not a problem, either one.
0: I think as a Panthers fan, you wouldn't really give a shit who you come up against now. Yeah, yeah. you are beaten everyone. Yeah. Just make sure that the team you come up against is injured the week before and they lose their star players.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just keep Just keep doing that. I think that if we play the grand final, right, we should do a courtesy to the other team and just let them get everyone back that they might have injured. Like put the game off a few weeks, and then just let them get. And when they're ready to go, when everything's fine with them, then we play the game.
0: Would you also agree to not pay the referees as well? How dare you! Ah, but dare you won't you?
1: let them, You won't let the game be a hundred percent even. Well, the referees deserve to be paid well. (laughs) Hey, By the way, when you're at the game with that six again thing, it's the worst sound in the whole world when you're at the game. On the TV, it sounds like a little bell going off. But when you're at the game, it just sounds like feedback through a giant speaker that Uh, just drills into your soul. I didn't realize they actually did it at the game as well. Yeah, yeah. That is annoying. That it really, really is. And, like, the first time it went off, I didn't realise what it was. I thought that somebody at the Panthers had accidentally dropped the microphone and that it was just feedback. And then I realised that's the 6 again sound. Mm. Man, it's loud. And it is rotten. They need to do something about that. That's bad. Mm. I even hate the sound effect on the TV. It's just a weird one. On the TV, it just sounds to me like there's a tram going past or something.
0: Yeah, like... It, I'm sitting there and I hear on the team. I go, I didn't know this game was a Belmore.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every game's a Belmore on the fucking train to go past. But anyway, um, so what other news have we got there?
1: Well, you know we're we're only a couple of weeks out from the final starting, and I think what you want to see is consistency from the referees and and things like that. So Graham Annesley is going to fuck with the bunker. <sighs> Because there was apparently a try, I didn't see it, that should have been allowed uh, by Lindsay Collins. And Graham Annesley said that would be a try every day of the week. And so he's going to play with the protocols at the, in the bunker because he just can't help himself. And my thing is, like, if the referees are this much of a problem, I think Graham Annesley should sack the person that oversees the referees which is Graham Annesley.
0: That or
1: Graham Annesley referees
0: every game and he he operates the bunker in every game as well at the same time.
1: That would be great. He could just run around with an iPad. Well, he's never made a wrong decision this year. Like when he does his PowerPoint presentation, he gets all of the decisions right, even like I know it's three or four days after most of the games, but he's not got one wrong since. Just ask him.
0: Yeah, he's phenomenal.
1: And look, he can also be the
0: timekeeper. Mm -hmm. He's got the Rolex. Just check that shit out. Fuck yeah. Got a Rolex. Did you know he's got a Rolex? You know what? Check out his watches, man.
1: It's funny because he pulls his sleeve all the way up so you can see that Rolex. Oh, yeah. Check out. Didn't he used to be part of like the the New South Wales government or something? He used to be a politician for like about five minutes. Did he now? I feel like he did. I feel like he was a politician for a few minutes and then... I yeah, he like... was too. He yeah, represented and... Miranda in the uh, in the Liberal Party. He's a right-winger. Mm. You know what that means, don't you? He's not a left-winger. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't pass to the right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just hate... Every time he opens his mouth, I just hate it.
0: Yeah. Well, it's from the shire.
1: Yeah, well that's always a problem. Um there's some some more stuff that I know you're gonna love this. This is something that really is I, I don't think you'll see a downside to this. Okay. Um Joel Kane put out a tweet <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> And this is his thoughts about how he said, primary business, NRL, is entertainment. Now, I know that's not a structured sentence, but, you know, it's only Twitter. (laughs) And then he says thoughts, and this is his idea. The top six all have a week off post the regular season. Why? Because primary business, NRL, is entertainment. Okay, so
0: the best way to have entertainment is to not have anything on. (laughs) Go on, go on.
1: Primary business entertainment. Okay, so the top six teams don't play. I like this idea. And then seven plays ten. (laughs) And then eight plays nine.
0: You see what he's doing here? Mm -hmm. He's just trying to find a way to get the West Tigers in the finals. (laughs)
1: I know, right? So <laughs> he goes, the seventh play 10th, and then he goes, the winner through to play the sixth team. And then he says eight versus ninth, and the winner plays the fifth team. All right? uh, uh, and then he says, for example, the Bunnies and Knights in a battle for the week off and a home final. Every team down to the Dragons in 13th place is still alive. No.
0: But, you, know this, you know what this sounds like? Mm. sounds like something that the uh, the head honchos hanging around the vending machine in England would have come up with.
1: I reckon, eh? That where they'd be standing around it, drinking probably vodka out of it, and saying, primary business Super League is entertainment. Where's the Yorkie bar? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, now we've got to be more entertaining. How do we be entertaining? Oh, that's right. We take all of the entertaining teams out of the competition for a few weeks. Mm-hmm, yeah. And then we watch all the unentertaining teams that have got no consistency then play for a spot to play against the good sides who have all had time to rest. Yeah. To get better. And this is... This is a problem that they have with the Super 8s. I've said it before Mm and I'll say it again. Is that they didn't take away the competition points. No. So the teams that came top, and they may have come top, you know, finished competition, like four, six competition points, clear of everybody else. They kept that lead, which meant the next seven or six games that they played completely bloody redundant because the top team then had to lose pretty much nearly all of their games in order for another team to jump them on the ladder. Exactly. But even then, they're not going to fall out of the top four,
1: so they're still in the finals race anyway. So what's the fucking point?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, I I don't understand. what. Like, if you look at this year, and, and we've said there's probably it's down to three teams... And if somebody wins out from out of there, they've had some ridiculously good run, right? Mm-hmm. But and and I feel as though the Knights and the the uh, Sharks are they're they're not even top eight quality, even though they're in the top eight. It's like they're they're no chance at all. So it's really a six team competition if you're stretching it. Well, look.
0: Let, let's go with Joel Kane's idea. Okay? okay, using the current top ten. Okay. So, what's he saying? would would happen in the first game? Tenth would play who?
1: Let me let me go back to it. Okay, uh, I I got to go back to it. Hang on, hang on. Yes, I got rid of it because I'm I sure really wanted to. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure we could destroy this very quickly. So, the seventh place team. Yeah. So Newcastle. That's the, yeah, they'd play the tenth place team. Manly, they'd beat Manly easy. Yeah, very easy. Then the eighth place team would play the ninth place team.
0: Tigers. Cronulla would win that. Yep. And then so we just we've just achieved nothing out of that process.
1: Nothing at all. Yeah. And then, and then I guess they would go on to play a normal top eight final series. Right. So
0: all we're doing is making teams seven and eight play an extra game and ruin any chance they may have of going on a bit of a run because they've got to play more games than anybody else in the top eight. Yeah. So they're not being rewarded for finishing in the top eight. They're being penalised. How about
1: this? The sixth-place team Mm. gets the exact same advantage as the first-place team because they get a week off.
0: Yeah, that's genius.
1: Yeah, that's brilliant, hey? I don't know
0: why there's this... I think there was a story along these lines. Was it last year? We might have discussed it where they were talking a bit. It might have been the start of this year. Mm-hmm not talking about having a top 10 sort of thing. And there's a similar sort of structure to this. It was all about trying mm. to have as many teams still vying for a position in the finals as possible at the end of the year, which the ultimate goal of that is more eyes on the game, bigger crowds, more eyes, you know, all that sort of stuff. It keeps more teams in play. Mm-hmm. And I understand that. But there's got to be a point where you go, you know what, We've also got to have some sort of integrity in the competition, mm-hmm. and if we're going to be completely honest, a top eight is too much. Yeah, you could probably make it. You could make top it a six. top six very easy. Yeah, top six would be fine, mm. but there's mm-hmm. not enough games there. But with the top six, you could have three place six, four place five, one or two get the week off.
1: But can you imagine how much more entertaining the NRL would be? if this week you still knew that the Dragons could make the finals. I just think that would be just immense. And the Titans and the Warriors. Yeah, that would be just incredible. Along with
0: Manny and the Tigers.
1: Yeah. All these shit teams. All those teams that deserve to be in the finals. Yeah. Yeah, no. And at some point it's like, well, let's just go the extra step and play a 26-round competition and then just have sixteen teams in the final, like what the fuck and then, not? And then have a super eight. Yeah, you know that'd could, be great. What we could do,
0: okay. And here's my novel idea, because you know I'm not going to sit there and winch the whole time. Let's come up with a different idea, and mm-hmm. that is, at the end of the, the regular season, mm-hmm. the top eight then play take part for the premiership. Yeah, and the bottom eight then take part in a maybe for the JJ Gildan Shield instead of that going to the minor premier. And that can be the plate or something like that. You know, they've got the plate final for all the also-rans. Yeah. And you'd have, you know, the West Tigers would be the minor premiers in the bottom eight.
1: I see what you did. Ah. <laughs> see? You just, took, get... you just took the Panthers, JJ Gilton, and Shield... And gave it to the fucking Tigers. Well, let's be honest. Penrith haven't done anything to deserve it this year because all they've done is had a soft run. They've played against a whole heap of shit teams. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even as Buzz Rothfield said the other day, it's not like they've been travelling all over the world either. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) But the Tigers, who have travelled the second least amount of distance, they deserve it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and they're ninth. look, Look, I'd share it with you. I'd be willing to give you one trophy and we have the other one. Fair enough. How, how about
0: when you go through and you play against, let's be honest, it'll be St. Helens in the World Club Challenge and you beat because that's what St. Helens do. They lose in that World Club Challenge.
1: Yeah, they love runners-up trophies.
0: You can just give us that Dinky Dye trophy because, let's be honest, that's a, that's a lesser quality trophy than the, the NRL Premiership one.
1: If you had to describe what the World Club Challenge trophy looked like right now, could you? No. No, nah, neither could I. No I feel idea. like it might be a cup. A cup yeah i'm
0: guessing it might look like something that you'd see in an f1 race <laughs> yeah like a swirly sort of thing yeah yeah yeah. They, yeah. they've got some of the worst trophies you'll ever see they've that got really one that's just true. a just an ape
1: i haven't seen that one yeah, it's crazy i think there's another one which is just a tire i like the uh, a-league trophy because it looks like a <laughs> silver toilet seat <laughs>
0: maybe we could have one that comes from some other different part of the uh the bathroom maybe they could have one that looks like a shower head <laughs> a soap dish
1: <laughs> have that... the golden soap dish i think the the detachable shower head should be one for the women's competition but um what was the there was oh yeah the uh the worst trophy maybe ever is that golden boot one the the new golden boot one
0: Oh, the silver golden boot
1: yeah the silver one
0: Silver golden boot that's made of brass, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Genius. It, and it looks like it looks like no fucking football boot any football player would wear. No. It looks like a an op shop boot. <laughs> <laughs> like you go into an op shop and somebody, you know, put in a pair of forty year old footy boots and they didn't chuck them ones out.
0: Yeah oh man sorry i've just been a little bit distracted because i just got an email and it's a very very interesting one on history of rugby league it's a program from when italy played australia in
1: 1960
0: oh okay and i've never seen that before so yeah apologies
1: for my uh
0: for my amateur performance right there
1: no no that's cool
0: but uh so what else did we have going on in the world because that's uh that's that. That threw me. That threw me so much. I stopped. I stopped wanting to be involved in it anymore.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I. I think we can officially put Joel Kane in the uh, group of real rugby league dunkers.
0: Yeah, although um, I do rate him ahead of uh, Matthew John still.
1: Yeah, but I tell you what, he's pushing him. Wow. Oh, that reminds me. Mm. Thursday night football, right? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Thursday yeah. night football, and. A player gets sent off from one team, and then a player gets sent off from both teams. So we've got one team down to 12, one team down to 11.
0: This is Tigers versus South. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They go to the sideline, and Andrew John says, you know what? No. (laughs) The The field dimensions haven't changed in 100 years of rugby league, and the players have got bigger and faster. Maybe we should look at playing 11 players a side anyway. Watch how the game will open up right now. Didn't yeah. hear from Andrew Johns again for the rest of the game, huh?
0: <laughs> no, because the game didn't open up. No. No.
1: Um,
0: if he wants to watch football with 11 aside, he can go and watch the fucking soccer. Yes. There is that. I I,
1: I was... Uh... Which two plays are you going to take off the field? Well, here's the thing. This is the best part about this argument. People say, well, obviously, you just take two forwards off of each team. Yeah, that'll go like, well. Okay. So every single team in the competition says, we promise that we will only get rid of two forwards. <laughs> so we can we will never, ever again pick two big dudes again.
0: Yeah, that's just not going to happen, is it? No. You know, what will happen is I'll just take two centers out and you'll just have two
1: kick-outs playing in center. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's what will happen.
1: But it does open up some possibilities. I mean, what if... We changed the dimensions of the field. What if we played on an oval? So as you got close to the try line, right, the try line's shorter. But when you got in the middle of the field, it was really wide open, lots of space.
0: Maybe as you play on this oval, Mm -hmm. as your team advances downfield and the the oval gets, you know, the ground gets narrower. Yes. More players have to come off the field. Well, what was
1: the one where... um...
0: You can be 13 a side at halfway, but when you go the next 10 metres down, you've got to go to 12 a side, and then it's got to be 11 a side, then 10 a side, then 9 a side. And as you come and retreating back up, you get
1: to add players to your team. And it just – yeah. And, and then it just get, eliminates down to one player. So yeah, let's get rid of one. the oval. Let's make it a diamond. Yeah, exactly. We're refining this right now. This we great. are. We're taking this idea to hold you fucking plane. But in the one-on-one contest at the end of the diamond – you can't name a forward. No, you can't name a forward. No, nah. um, you have to
0: name your slowest back.
1: And they can only be they they have to be a certain height, but it's got to be a short height because yes. we don't want to eliminate the little men from the game, Andrew.
0: No, that's right. So we need we need a short slow winger mm-hmm. or cent. Yeah, just a, a short slow back. Yeah, and every player will be tested for their speed. Over 100 meters, and if you run it in, say, let's say, around right about 15 centimeter, 15 seconds over 100 meters, okay, mm-hmm. and you're a back, then you're in. So, but if you're basically- quicker than 15 seconds over 100 cent- over 100 meters, then you're too quick. So we yeah. need the slowest of the slowest outside backs possible. Yeah.
1: So basically, what we're saying is that. Every single team needs to start recruiting like the West Tigers recruit outside backs.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Blake Green is going to become an absolute gun.
1: Where's Matt Utai? Surely he can
0: still run. He'll
1: come back. Yeah. Pat Richards will be back. Oh, man. Can you imagine?
0: He had the longest, slowest stride of any winger I've ever seen.
1: It was glorious. John Wilson.
0: Ooh, Johnny Whitelegs. Yeah, he'd be great. Yeah, Daniel Fitzhenry. Yeah. He spent most of his time running around in circles. He was like a dog chasing his tail.
1: <laughs> Fucking Joel Kane could come back, hey? Oh, yeah. What a...
0: You know who the absolute gun would be, though? Who?
1: Luke Cavell. Oh, well, he'd be like the, the best player in the game. He would. Because he'd be scoring the tries and, and he'd kicking be the kicking goals. the goals, yeah. Yeah. And he could do a hundred meters
0: in about nineteen minutes. Mm. If he starts now, <laughs> he, he might be finished before we finish this episode. <laughs>
1: oh, shit. Yeah, so Andrew Johns, I I like, and that's some special shit right there. Yeah. Um. There was also some news today that the state of origin games will be played at. Um, Adelaide Oval, or whatever they call, they call the new one. And then they we're going to have a game at Suncorp and a game at uh, ANZ Stadium.
0: Yeah, that sounds fair enough. Yeah. Do they know which... Like, Is the game at Adelaide game one, two, or three?
1: Um, I didn't... I didn't see. I looked on the NRL website and it wasn't there. I saw yeah. some tweets about it during the game. I've got a the film game. that they still haven't decided on which games to go where yet. What do you... What See, I think that what they should have done is looked at playing a game in Perth, a game in Adelaide, and I don't know what you do with the third one. Just don't play it, because New South Wales will have won by then.
0: Hmm, where could you put the third one? Probably the third one in... Ah, put in Sydney. Because, you know, yeah. New South Wales are going to need to do another parade. Yeah. May as well save the travel and they can just go on the pro as soon as they finish the game. I think yeah. that works.
1: I, I reckon so, too. It's weird that we're seeing some Origin talk now. I mean, it's been going on for a while, but uh, oh here we go. State of Origin date's revealed. Let's have a look here. Okay.
0: The other thing we could do is just put all three Origin games on in Queensland. Yeah. When they've got the AFL grand final on and just completely
1: decimate their crowds. Can you imagine? That would be glorious. That would be hilarious. Okay, <laughs> Adelaide Oval will reportedly host the first match of the 2020 State of Origin Series. I like that. Yeah, so do I. I I'm glad that they get it. It's a 53,000 capacity. Um, It'll be interesting to see how many people they allow in there.
0: Hmm. Well, they've been COVID-free for a while now, so they might open it up. You never know because, because South Australians haven't had much sport. Um, this year mm-hmm. they might turn out in so that one it might actually turn out to be a pretty smart ploy by the uh, the NRL given that there's been next to no AFL there so they're going to be starved of sport they might just turn out and go fuck it we'll just watch this because it's, it's
1: sport now a little bit of devastating news I've just found out this was reported by James Hooper oh so. well we're going
0: to have to fucking scratch all of that then I dare say yeah. the first game's going to be in Tunisia yep Yep. Second game will be in Azerbaijan. And third, by my opinion, in Townsville. Russia
1: somewhere. <laughs> can't. Cairns. Oh, Cairns. I miss Cairns. Can't. Um. So, yeah, that's, that's a shame. I thought that that was something for a while, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> R- rookie era. It really was. <laughs> I apologise to our listeners. I, I fucked up. <laughs> There we go. So this is what happens when I'm not, so steering the ship. Yeah, yeah. I'm just... I'm really just winging it here. Yeah. There's no checks and balances being done. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, <laughs> so... If I... I was doing any in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh Maguire. Did you say when Josh Maguire got sent to the bin...
0: Yeah, he was blowing up and having a whinge at the referee about something. Right. And the ref just said, fuck off. And that was it. Yeah. And I went, Fair enough.
1: So, apparently, on the microphone, he was heard... To say, uh, the, it says the referee's mic later revealed, later it re- revealed it, mm, that uh, the they talked talk to the referee's microphone and it let them know. The Oof. referee's mic later revealed that the Queensland Maroon star vile words were, fuck me, cunt. That sounds like an invitation.
0: It does. So,
1: So that's what he said. Yeah, yeah, that's what got him sent off. I sent to the BIM for 10, anyway.
0: Wow. Can I say something in, in Josh McGuire's defense? Mm-hmm. I don't think he can string three
1: words together. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> he's, he's really stretching his vocabulary at three. Yeah, and I don't think he knows any words other than swear words. Yeah. So I don't think he said me. Do you reckon that, you know how Groot, out of Guardians of the Galaxy, all he can say is, I am Groot? But it covers everything he needs to say. It's just the way he says it. Do you reckon that's the same way with Josh Maguire? He's just like, rocking around going, fucking cunt. That's yeah. all he does. Fucking cunt. But he yeah. says it, and it's like when he's asking a question, he's like, fucking cunt?
0: Yeah, it's a, he uses it for everything.
1: Yeah. He's order, get order it, gets order, super order excited. Like, yeah, it, when he eats a Big Mac, he's like, mmm, fucking can't. <laughs>
0: It just doesn't stop. He'd just be doing that every time. Um,
1: when he that's answers it. the phone, fucking cunt.
0: <laughs> that's just the whole conversation over and over and over again. Yeah. People just yeah. going,
1: yeah, you know what? I'll just send you a text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How's your knee feeling today, Josh? Uh, fucking cunt.
0: <laughs> that's him. So, yeah, I I, I don't know. Seems, seems a bit... Um, a bit rough to be to be bin for that, but at the same time I I don't really care. If the if the referee thinks that deserves to be in the bin, then I'm fine with it.
1: Look, if it was any other player I'd be, you know, I think it was a bit harsh, but Josh McGuire is just a fucking cunt. There you go. That's an easy layup, that one. That was easy, I have to. <laughs> um How and that's that's pretty much all of the big news that's going on in the last couple of days um oh and it's women in league round uh this round and it's not getting very much airplay at the moment the women in league round i feel like it's been a bit of a afterthought by the nrl well it is monday
0: yeah guaranteed it'll, it'll pick up a bit as the week goes on but um yeah i've i've uh we, we might do an episode on the uh on a
1: women on something to do with the uh the women in rugby league later on yeah, this week that would be very cool um mm. and we'll get women on of course this week i dare say that there's no rugby league podcast that has as many women on them a- as our podcast does we really we love talking to women within the game um and giving them a voice and i think that we do a really good job of it and it's not like you and me sit here and say oh we've got to get some women on we just get people that we want to talk to and they're interested to talk to on here. And it just so happens that a lot of them are women. So, um, so yeah, that's pretty cool that our podcast is leading the way, I I dare say.
0: And let's be honest. I mean, they probably just want to talk to us because they've heard about the uh, the
1: Little Mile 3.0. Well, why not? You yeah. know. It has this impact? It really does. That's why everyone should get one. Exactly.
0: The results are there. Yeah. We won't show you because, you know, we don't want to embarrass you or anything like that. But, you know, the results are there.
1: Hey, that by the way, the Ken Stevens medal nominees are out.
0: Oh, let's go through that. I, I don't mind. This is a bit of something positive to end, this, to end the night
1: on. Okay. Uh So, and I don't know what these people have done to be put up for the medals, but I've got the list here. So here we go. Adam Elliott. Okay. Uh, well wow. he's got a he's got a
0: fair bit to do after his uh, shenanigans a few years ago <laughs> I
1: wasn't going to mention that man but seriously
0: good on him uh, for for getting out there and getting nominated because it means he's done an awful lot of work in the community to sort of repay that trust so that's, uh, good
1: that's, work that's true Cole Felt probably to uh, for services to opposition wingers yeah <laughs> 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 to Michael Silva's try scoring record um <laughs> Reed Mahoney, he got one. He got nominated. Uh, Connor Watson, uh, Martin Tepau, James Tamo, Cody Walker, Angus Crichton, Jared Crocker, Ronaldo Mattelino, uh Chris Lawrence, Dale Copley, Roger Tuovasas-Shek, and Dale Finnecane. So...
0: It's not a bad group. I know a fair few of those people have been doing a fair bit of stuff in the community for a while. Did you say Tamo's name? Yeah, yeah, Tamo's yeah. there. Yep. He's, he's been a big advocate for doing this sort of community work for, for quite a while, so I wouldn't be surprised if he comes
1: up mm-hmm. uh, top of the list there. Um, yeah, good list. Yeah, it's a pretty good list. It's cool that they do this. Um, yeah. and... I thought thought Joel
0: Thompson might have been there. He's been doing some... Um, Really important stuff, too, in the community and, and some pretty tough stuff to talk about as well. And he's been doing it for quite a while. So it's not something he did just one year to try and win the award. He's been doing it for quite a while. Um, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, he's – love his work. i tell you who else has been as well is uh, Gavin Badger. He's been doing – he's been yeah. talking about a lot of things that he's been through in the past. Some, and... some
0: really sensitive and – very heavy stuff, you know, yeah, I mean, with child abuse and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, and um, so, mm. uh, like, I think he should be up for it as well. I don't know if, if uh, referees can be up for it, but it, I think that he would deserve to be up for it as well.
0: Absolutely, oh, yeah. That that can't be easy to talk about any time, let alone on you know on the same sort of platform that he has with, with a lot of other NRL players. And mm-hmm. um no, that that's I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one.
1: Yeah, I I and I don't know if the if I guess you've got to be nominated by somebody for it because yeah I'm surprised Joel Thompson's not there too because he as you say he like does a lot of work and he he's done it for years like yeah. many many years uh, when he signed for St Helens and I had St Helens fans saying to me like what you know tell us about Joel Thompson and I said he you know he's a pretty solid first grader but he'll he'll be a real fan favourite because. He you know he's approachable, you know he's not one of these players that sort of goes off and you don't hear from them. he's approachable, he's pretty good in front of a microphone, and he get really gets involved in in the community so um yeah, I'm surprised he's not there
0: yeah. absolutely bloody hard worker too like you you just need one of those absolute grafters in your team
1: well, I've always thought if we if we talk to a player about what it's like to be an NRL footballer, he would be the first one I would talk to because, you know, talking to a superstar, there's some players who they get out of bed and they could play a great game of footy and earn $800,000 a year, you know? Mm. And then there's players that have to keep working at it, that they've had times where they've been considered fringe first graders. They've had other times where they've been starters they've had to deal with injuries and stuff. And I think that he would be really interesting to talk to because I think he is in that sort of area as a player. Um, but, yeah, and, it, you know, he's off to St. Helens next year. But I, I think that the the more interesting story that you could hear from a first grader is the, the player that really has to work hard to keep their place. Yeah,
0: and earns their place and holds mm. it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I fully agree on that. I, I've always read him. I have a lot of time for for, for what he's done as a player and, and the stuff he does off the field. You just can't can't hate on that bloke.
1: No, no, you can't. You can't. Um, and that's pretty much all of the news. Boyd Cordner will be playing this week, which I guess Ooh. is good news. Yeah, that God, he's to... <laughs> he's suffered a few head knocks. Well, when he got that knock on the weekend, and you know it it was a fair knock to his head he basically headbutted the ground trying to score a try mm. and he's had, you know he's had a bunch of concussions this year and they said he probably could have gone back on because he passed his hia but they were cautious with him which is good um it, it's a worry though when you get those players where they start to get they start to you know get the wobbly boots on with less and less of a concussive hit that's yeah. what really worries me. Like, uh, Yo is another one at the Panthers yeah. every so often. He'll cop a knock and it's like, oh, that seemed not too big of a hit for him to be in the state that he's in.
0: Yeah, I, I worry about both those players. Every time I see him taken on, taken on the line because that's the thing is neither of them do a soft hit up. No. Neither of them go into a tackle and they're the second man in. hmm You know, they go and they play that game hard and they play it you know, front front on. Mm-hmm. And you just know every time you see him going there, yeah. you know, all it takes is a little bit of something to go wrong and fuck they're gonna be KO'd again. Yeah. And uh yeah. No knowing, knowing that Corner had been out injured for quite a while. Um and as Fox Sports told us on a loop prior to the game that his his cousin had passed away yeah that week. And you know, they kept the camera on him for the whole minute.
1: It was so sad that they'd do that to him. That was, I mean that was perverse. Yeah. I s I my Twitter lit up with people that were very angry about that. I like when I was watching it, I can understand them showing him. But then to keep the camera on him that whole time and it was just so sad and so devastating. And it, it was you know, this so he's a real person. That really did lose a family member in tragic circumstances, and that anybody would think that that was a good idea to keep the camera on him the whole minute. I, I, I just felt so sad for him. He d- didn't deserve that.
0: That nah, it, it took me back actually to um, a few years back when Robbie Farah's, I think, it was mother passed away, mm-hmm. and he it happened it must have only been like a day or two before the game. So Farah obviously missed the game. But Benji Marshall played anyway. And
1: oh, yeah. As
0: everyone knows, Benji and Robbie had always been close, but the media always used to push these stories about there was some sort of conflict between the two and when there just wasn't. Yeah. And they put that camera fair on Benji um, pretty quickly after they saw that Benji was crying during the yeah. minute silence for her. And they just hung it on him for, for quite a while. And I went, that kind of reminded me a bit of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are you doing? But we know that he's, you know, he's a bit emotional about it all. I I don't get why we need to have this intense zoomed in on him and hoping that there might be some sort of tears. And to top it off, what was the Boy Cordner one, what was it the next day? They put out the the video on Twitter of the minute silence
1: in I their did footage, I?
0: completely looking at Boy Cordner, and they put in there the caption, "Well, this was tough to watch." So I was like, "Why the fuck record it then?" yeah if it's tough to watch why fucking highlight it during the game and then fucking repeat it on twitter
1: yeah it it was not right it was not right at all it's perverse it was gross i i think sometimes it really was i I think sometimes people forget that rugby league players are people and because we see them in them like they're larger than life they're they they go out and they play this game that we all dream of playing at this level and they do things we marvel at every weekend even the the terrible players are great athletes you know um and then and, and you know we see the media talk them up and drag them down and everything and and they get turned into caricatures sometimes and it a lot of the time it gets forgotten that they're just dudes you know they're dudes that are out there playing a game that if they weren't earning you know as much money as they were earning they'd probably be playing A grade down at the local park to because they love playing the game And um, you know where's the humanity in, in showing something like that where's you know I, I can understand where maybe you see that and you don't know what else to show but you I don't know. I just thought it was in very poor taste, and I felt very, very sad for Boyd Cordner, and you know his family would have seen that as well, and and they just wouldn't have needed to say that. I just thought it was very sad.
0: Yeah, no, it was. It was heartwarming to see so many fans, and you know a lot of fans, mm-hmm. um, showing their um displeasure towards Fox Sports over that because that was that was just very cringeworthy and to top it off at the end of the game they're talking you know talking to James Tedesco and you know they'd revealed that he'd signed this multi-million dollar deal to stay at the Roosters for what was it five years
1: something like that yeah they called it a lifetime deal and said it was five years it's like jeez mm. <laughs> um but
0: they were talking about how much he'd
1: earned to him and mm.
0: then Michael Ernst was talking about how oh we teddy shout then this tonight and I is going this is that was even that was just as cringy Imagine yeah. talking to someone about how much money they're earning, and then saying, "Oh, you better buy us oral we'll drink, then." Just yeah,
1: ugh, fucking don't. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's um, uh, did we talk about the the other week when the Panthers after they'd won the game, and then Channel Nine started showing trying to show the players Josh Mansour, who had his t-shirt off, he posted the picture on Instagram, and they were showing it to Nathan Cleary and another player. I can't remember who the other player was. But and it was like what are you doing like you've you've got the stars of the game here to talk to, and you're trying to do this goofy stuff with them, and it's like you know this is why the players don't like talking to the media, yeah, there's no respect,
0: no, not even at the most common basic, obvious level. there's just yeah. none there. they're just pawns to be you know used to advertise, whatever
1: it is that Fox Sports wants to buy advertise or Channel Nine. Yeah, it's a bit sick. Yeah, it's. I I find it strange. I, you know, I I just find it strange. And you know, if if you got a chance to interview the stars of any game, whatever game you're watching, might be bloody the Broncos versus Titans. I just think you'd use the time wisely to talk
0: to them about what they do for a living, mm. um, and not about how much money they've now got, whether they're going to be buying the beers or not. Yeah. Come on, come on. It's James Tedesco. is regarded as the best player in the world at the moment by quite a lot of people.
1: Mm. And you want to talk about how much money he's got. Mm. Just, that's just sick. It's weird how some people focus on the money, too, that players earn. Like,
0: Yeah, well, you get those people always saying, oh, we should have <laughs> all players' salaries public. Mm. Yeah, no. I know that other sports do it. Doesn't mean it's right,
1: yeah. I you know,
0: agree. At what point does does a player get, you know, get some of their own privacy?
1: Yeah, like why do we need to know how much money they earn? The only like, thing I would say, right, is that when it comes to player salaries, like I don't care what they earn, but there's certain players that I hope they earn in the millions because they deserve it. And like I used to say it about Darren Lockyer. Because Queensland Rugby League used to get so much out of just Darren Lockyer being Darren Lockyer. Mm. And he deserved to get a certain amount of money just for being Darren Lockyer. Um, Tedesco's the same. He's such a great player. I hope he's earning, you know, I'd love it if, if somebody said, you know what, James Tedesco's earning $5 bucks next year, I'd be like, that's fucking awesome. Good luck to him.
0: Yeah, I'm not opposed to players earn as much money as they can. I mean, they're, mm. they're only going to have, you know, the good players are going to get 10 years to earn quite a fair bit of money for a lot of it's going to be for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. The elite will get 15 years plus mm. to do that. And there's not many players that fit into those two categories. So, yeah, they need to earn as much money as they can. Um Sometimes it goes against what your club wants. And it may seem like we're being hypocritical given that, you know, I've spent quite a lot of time whinging about how much money the Tigers have spent on certain players. Mm. That's not the that's not those players' fault though. No, no. That's the club's fault for investing so much money in players that they shouldn't have.
1: Yeah, and look We players been, are
0: entitled to that money.
1: We've been consistent on that. We are yeah. like we like the West Tigers are, are paying Moses and buy like eight hundred or nine hundred thousand bucks a year. mean if he can get two million bucks a year out of him, do it, Moses right absolutely absolutely but it, like you can criticize the way that a club manages their salary cap, and I think that that's fine.
0: yeah, that's right.
1: Um, yeah, never going to begrudge a player trying to earn as much money as they can
0: because a lot of them have got to you know essentially got to earn around about forty years' worth of income in about ten.
1: Yeah, and, and it's brilliant. I love when you see a player that you, you know, and I think of someone like a David Fafita. I love that David Fafita, who's like twenty years old, and next year he will be making a million bucks a year, playing a game that he loves playing, and he plays it damn well. He's like he's on another level to most players. I, I think it's brilliant that rugby league has that opportunity there. For the best players in the game, I think it's great. it is absolutely phenomenal
0: can't can't deny that whatsoever and on that uh, uplifting note mm-hmm. is that it for all the news?
1: I think so. yeah, the only other thing I saw today was that the uh, super league um, TV rights have gone out to tender, so Uh, And I was, uh, yeah, I was seeing a few people online talking about who might look at picking up those rights. Um, A few people saying that it'd be cool if someone like Amazon or YouTube picked them up. I don't see what broadcaster would be looking to reach, you know, small towns in Northern England. And this is the problem they've got over there in Super League is that most of the Teams are based in small towns in Northern England and a very small part of Northern England as well. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with those TV rights. And you know,
0: you know what would help them mm-hmm. if they could get, say, a team that's that could, you know, I suppose hit the American market. If that, if they had a team like that that was in the Super League,
1: yeah, like a team based in North America in a city as well. Oh, yeah, a major city. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That would be a great idea. You'd think if they were smart after all this time, if they had a team like that that was available, mm-hmm. they'd put them in there when the TV rights still was coming up. So they'd go, look at that. We can not just broadcast to these towns in Northern England, but we can also broadcast to some major cities in France mm-hmm. and also
1: into the North American market. That would be a really good idea. And you'd think that with the money that they got from those broadcasting rights, that team from North America would just pay for itself. Yeah, pretty much. Uh,
0: um, you know, that's time for another, yeah, you know, another meeting around the uh, the
1: vending machines, I guess. Definitely sounds like we need a team from Featherston.
0: <laughs> Bring back the Rovers! Oh yeah, mate, I'm I'm hanging out for when the battling Bulldogs get back in,
1: mate. It's all the future is Swinton. I'm telling you. <laughs> You know, I've been, Halif- I've been saying that is, since the thirties. Halifax needs to come back and they need to come bring, come back with the name Blue Socks. They're one hundred percent the blue socks. They were so marketable. Absolutely. Who doesn't want blue socks? Yeah. I mean a lot of people have probably got blue socks. Just try and think if I've got blue socks. Oh yeah, I've got some blue socks, yeah. Yeah, I've got a pair of blue socks. They're white and blue. But I think the white they were white and blue on the blue socks logo too. That's right. Well, there you go. See, imagine See, if yeah. they had. Imagine if they had had enough money to actually own blue and white socks.
0: There you go. Well, look at that. See, if you could do. Imagine that. There's a marketing thing already.
1: Mm.
0: Everyone's a. Everyone's a, a fax fan deep down because they've all got a pair of blue socks.
1: How long do you reckon it will be before one of these teams starts Patreon? <laughs>
0: You Not know if they're if they're listening to this, mm-hmm. I give them about two
1: or three hours. They should do it. <laughs> I I actually got a new Patreon supporter. Hey, have you? I lost one, so there you go. That's oh, good. really? Yeah,
0: it <laughs> happens every week. You yeah, they up and down a
1: bit. I I got uh, Sandy is a, a new Patreon supporter of mine. She's putting in five bucks. So that's fantastic. So thank you, Sandy. Um, and I'm up to 10 Patreon supporters now, which it's wow. it's that's amazing. I'm shocked. It's I'm
0: really, really shocked. Really, really look, shocked. And where can people go to, to donate to you and, and make that number
1: go up to, say, 60 or 70 odd Patreons for you? They can go to patreon.com slash League Freak. There's no space in between League and Freak. Uh, you can go there. There's a, a few different levels. They start. It starts at like three us dollars a month and it goes up the the last three tiers the top three tiers you get merch after three months have been signed up to them so um those tiers are a little bit more expensive but you pick whatever you want to do so it's uh and all of the money goes straight into website costs and any podcasting equipment that i've bought i've bought uh If you go on there, you actually, I talk about the microphone that I brought. I've actually got a microphone stand, which is like a swing arm, um, but it's mostly towards the upkeep of the website. There you
0: go. Just one website.
1: Well, (laughs) actually, you know what? (laughs) Remember, and this time last year is when you and me sat down and were like, wow, internationalrl.com is available oh, wow, RL World Nines is available. So all of them are popping up at the moment because I'm, I'm having a oh
0: Ah, yes, yes. Oh, that means we must be due for another bloody look in there and you go on another spending spree.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so all of them are coming up. And, yeah, all of that goes towards, uh, you know, basically, you know, the upkeep of all of those those addresses and the websites and all the stuff. So, yeah. That's that's all vital stuff, that is. It really is.
0: Absolutely. Now, I suppose we'll we'll wrap this one up. Um, You can catch us on... Hey, what's up?
1: I was going to say, where would people go if they wanted to support the digitisation of rugby league history online?
0: I was going to let you have that that whole set end piece all on your own. But there you go. Uh, You go to... to I know, I know. Oh, I've seen um, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash RL Project. Mm-hmm. You go there, and I don't have tears. I've made it pretty simple. You go in there, you decide how much you want to you want to donate to the Rugby League Project website. Um, simple as that. Got some. Uh, got an awful lot of work coming up soon. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of stuff that's happening in the back end, and a few little projects I'm working on the side. Nice. So, might with any with any plans, uh with any hope, sorry, we'll be seeing the uh the fruits of that before the end of the year.
1: I know some of the things you're doing and it's very exciting.
0: Yeah. So um another thing I'll also mention too, um it was it was um what was it earlier this year when the big league magazine folded? mm mm-hmm. And I approached Tim over at the League Unlimited website. Mm -hmm. I gave him my idea of you know a a truly global rugby league program, not just one that was focused on the NRL, but one that focused on the Super League and the NRL, and you know talked about a few other international games and stuff like that. And I pretty much left him with it, and what he's turned out with has been pretty impressive in in a short time span, Mm -hmm. um, and on next to no budget. Yeah, Um, and now it's the it's quickly becoming a very um, a very sought after commodity at the moment, especially in Australia. With a lot of rugby league commentators, they they love the physical program, and they're starting to print them now through Steve Mascord,
1: yeah,
0: old rugby league journo. Probably won't like me calling him old, but there you go. You're old Mascord, <laughs> um, <laughs> older Yo than bastard. me. Old bastard, yeah, older than me. So there you go. That's enough. Um, but, yeah, it seems to be going pretty well. So, um, yeah, if you, if you don't know done to talk about it, go to um and check it out over there. You can download it for free. So, you know, no skin off your nose. Check it out. Um, and all the stats in there come from Rugby League Project. So when you're donating to me on Patreon, it's helping keep that program going along as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a kick-on effect. Yeah. So there you go. There's another yeah. reason to get involved.
1: Yeah, true. And it's like the the cool thing is like trying to get as many people involved as possible. And I think that that's the way to go with everything online. I think that, you know, you you try and you you don't grow a market by not growing and sharing and trying to get stuff out there. And I think that's important to do. Absolutely. Fully agree. Mm.
0: Something about boats and tides and stuff. There's not quote about that. I don't know. What it was. Yeah, yeah. Something about you know, all boats <laughs> rise on some tide or some
1: shit. I don't do you know. remember? Do you remember was, when Bill O'Reilly was on his show and he was like, "No one can explain why there's tides. The tide goes in, tide goes out. No one knows why." <laughs> <laughs> like, work oh, that out, Bill. He's a genius. Yeah.
0: Um, on that note, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Virgo Freak Pod. Uh, we're on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook. We've got our own website, com. You can go over there and you can send us a uh, send us an email via the website there. Can't they, Freaky?
1: Yeah, they can. Uh, we'll do another reading of all of the emails coming up this week sometime. So get, get to com. Go to the contact section and send us something.
0: Absolutely. Send us comments and we'll put them up on the, uh, put them up on the website. Mm-hmm. We'll read them out on here. We'll make you famous. Make sure it's a five-star one and, you know, say some nice words about us because we love that. We really do. And, um, yeah, I guess on that note, catch us all later.